Hello and welcome to Reactive's Beyond the Byline podcast. I am Evikiori and in this week's episode we're diving deep into the upcoming elections in Poland this Sunday 15th of October. These elections are of paramount importance as they pose to shape the country's trajectory and determine its relationship with the European Union. Sunday's elections in Poland have sparked comparisons to the pivotal 1989 elections that followed the fall of communism. This time, Poland is once again at a crucial crossroads. Voters will have to decide whether to continue moving away from democracy and the rule of law or embrace a more pro-democratic, pro-European Union path. The election results will have a significant impact on Poland's relations with the European Union, which have been strained largely due to the current government's negative stance. And the question here is whether these relations will improve or deteriorate further. Some are saying that uh, this will be the most important elections after the 1989 uh, in Poland, so after the fall of communism. Sonia Horonziak is political scientist and coordinator of the Democracy and Civil Society program. On the 15th of October, uh, on the electoral day, polls will decide whether they want to continue the trend of moving away from the democracy, moving far away from the rule of law in the country, or do they will they choose a more pro-democratic, uh, pro-European Union way? The current government is uh, during the campaign is rather negative, uh, negative towards the European Union. So probably the electoral result will influence on worsening or bettering the relations with the union. In 2015, the Law and Justice Party seized power and initiated a series of sweeping changes. They implemented extensive institutional reforms, especially in the judiciary, with the goal of reshaping the nation's democratic landscape. Advocates argue that these reforms are vital for Poland's democratic evolution, while critics stress that they undermine the rule of law and the democratic processes. But why are these upcoming elections so important for Poland? The elections are very important because the uh, incumbent party, the uh, right-wing Law and Justice Party, Um, which was elected in 2015, has instituted a, a, a fundamental break with the process of, of, of transition that was occurring up until its election. Alex Sterbiak is professor of politics at the University of Sussex. It was elected on a critique of the nature of the institutions and the elites that emerged in Poland as a result of the, the post-communist transition and with a pledge to Um, radically reform those institutions. Um, and it's been doing that. Um, in particular, it's been reforming the judiciary. Um, and that's been very controversial. It argues that these reforms are absolutely necessary in order to, to complete the transition to democracy, to, to make Poland a properly democratic country, that the institutions that emerged um, before are not properly democratic. Its critics argue that its reforms undermine the rule of law and actually um, detract from democracy. It's also in terms of international relations, it was elected very critical of previous governments and uh, for the strategy that they pursued in terms of trying to pursue Poland's interests within the EU, um, which was basically what you might call trying to locate Poland within the European 
mainstream, building close relations with the Franco-German axis and particularly with Berlin. And law and justice were elected with a pledge to, to break with that policy. It argued that, that on occasions Poland's interests clashed with the, um, with the European mainstream and that Poland needed to pursue a more autonomous, more robust EU policy, as a result of which it's, it's coming to conflict with the EU political establishment. And the EU political establishment has also agreed with the opposition's critique of um, law and justice's systemic reforms, particularly the judicial reforms. And there are several key players and parties, each with its own distinct priorities. The ruling Law and Justice Party, led by Jaroslav Kaczynski, and Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki is placing strong emphasis on state security and immigration. On the other side, the main opposition party, the Civic Coalition, led by Donald Tusk, is committed to restoring democracy, improving EU relations and safeguarding human rights. But what do these leaders want from these elections? There are quite a few uh, key players during this electoral race. So, of course, we have the ruling majority, Law and Justice Party, with its uh, hidden persona behind them, hidden leader Jaroslav Kaczynski and not-so-hidden leader Prime Minister Mateusz Morawiecki. And during this electoral race, they are focusing mainly on the issue of security, of the state security. Of course, this is in connection with the Russian aggression in Ukraine happening right now, but also So the second main point of their electoral campaign is uh, the case of migrants and the supposed danger that migrants are uh, posing to the country. And they are portraying themselves as the only ones who can protect Polish uh, citizens from them. Uh, then we have also the main opposition party, uh, Civic Coalition, with its leader Donald Tusk. They are promising that after winning the elections, they will undo the harm that uh, Law and Justice Party did to the Polish democracy. They are focusing also on uh, bettering the relations between Poland and European Union. And they are also more in favor of protecting the human rights, especially the minority rights in the country. And then there are minor also oppositional parties uh, like Third Way. They are focusing mostly on the agriculture cultural issues and bettering the health system of Poland. We have also the new left, which are strongly uh, focusing on the human rights and violations of human rights that is happening right now in the country, especially on the Polish-Belarusian border. And uh, lastly, we have a dark horse of these elections, that is the Confederation. The Confederation is a far-right uh, party, which are very strong anti-migrants, anti-minorities, Uh, agenda, uh, and they are actually focusing on young entrepreneurs in the country. They are not in favor of any social uh, social help given from the country to the citizens. They rather see uh, young people uh, investing in the in the in their own businesses. This pro-electoral campaign has been described as a vicious one. The ruling party's electoral campaign attempts to undermine the main opposition leader, Donald Tusk, by claiming his ties to Brussels and Berlin could impact the election result. However, these allegations lack substantial evidence and are viewed as attempts to discredit the political opponent without a solid basis. Uh, the Law and Justice Party has tried to portray Uh, Donald Tusk as um, the, 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 the emissary, the functionary of Berlin and of the EU political establishment. It argues that you know, it got, he got his 
very well-paid job in Brussels as a result of, of German influence because he was um, prepared to, to support them and advance their um, policies within uh, the EU institutions um, and that they very much want him to win the election. Um, and um, Law and Justice argues that you know a lot of the Berlin's actions, for example, um, actions to increase security checks on the Polish-German border recently, um, which obviously Poles didn't like very much. These were all attempts to kind of intervene in the election on his behalf. I mean, Donald Tusk would obviously argue he's an, an, an independent political actor um, and that just because he wants to build closer relations with Berlin, he doesn't want such a hostile relationship, doesn't mean that he's necessarily um, their, their emissary. Um, but this is obviously something that law and justice is trying to to mobilise around. It's, it's, it's as part of its campaign to, to, to personalise um, the election and, and to polarise it as a choice between themselves and a return to the Tusk government. I think with Moscow, I mean, that's, that's a slightly different issue. So here, um, they have attempted, what Law and Justice have tried to do was to try and suggest that um, during his period as Prime Minister, um, Poland got too close to Moscow, that it was too enthusiastic to join um, the West, as it was then um, attempts to kind of reset relations with Moscow, and that this was very naive, um, and as a result of which um, Poland didn't sufficiently robustly stand up for its interests against Moscow. It, it, there was at one time um, uh, an attempt to, to create a special commission uh, 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 to investigate Russian influence within Polish politics. Um, and many thought that that was going to actually be directed primarily against Donald Tusk. It was the law that set that commission up was often referred to as, as Lex Tusk. Um, however, that took a lot longer to set up that commission um, than uh, the ruling party originally hoped for because the president vetoed the, the original proposal and they had to amend the law. So that commission hasn't really got going. So that issue hasn't probably taken off as much as... Um, law and justice had had hoped it would. Um, I think that you know most of it's, it. It does still say that you know um, uh, Donald Tusk didn't stand up to to Vladimir Putin sufficiently, and he wouldn't um, if he was elected uh, um, to, as, as as prime minister. Um, but it hasn't quite had the traction. I think that that they were hoping that issue would. Whereas they do continually talk about the influence of Berlin on Polish politics and talk about the fact that if Donald Tusk is elected, he will simply do what you know Berlin wants to do. He will, he will not defend Poland's interests sufficiently because he's too eager to please Berlin. Ongoing scandals are looming over the elections, but their impact on the outcome is open for discussion, since some voices say that they will not impact the vote, while others say that this could be a possibility. For instance, the ruling party's campaign against migrants contradicts their past involvement in irregular visa sales to immigrants. While these controversies could influence the electoral atmosphere, state media outlets often aligned with the government's narrative might downplay their significance. I think that the visa scandal um, uh, did play um, a a role in the campaign in two senses. I think, first of all, um, when it broke, it kind of threw law and justice off balance. Okay, this this was a point in the campaign when they were starting to take the initiative. The the, the referendums um, uh, initiative put them on the front foot. And when that broke in mid-September, it kind of threw them off 
balance of it. It put them on the, the defensive at a point in the campaign when they were on the offensive. It also made it a bit more difficult for them to pursue the migration issue. Okay, which is one of the issues that, that they've tried to highlight, because obviously it meant the opposition could say, well, they're not really very tough on migration themselves. Indeed, they've presided over this corruption prone system for allocating visas. However, I think the actual scandal fairly quickly passed into the background. And the overall effect was simply to, to, to keep the migration issue on the political agenda. And law and justice used this as an opportunity to raise other migrated, migration-related issues, such as the EU's proposals for um, dealing with migrants and asylum seekers, which the opposition found very, very difficult. When it comes to this visa scandal, uh, it is very important to remember that the main focus point of the electoral campaign of the ruling party are migrants and supposed danger that they are posing to the country. This is also uh, reflected in, for example, the referendum questions. The referendum will be taking place in the same day as elections. So they are going to ask polls if they are uh, for accepting or rather not accepting migrants into the country. And if we contrast this with the fact that actually during this uh, gov uh, government's rule, they accepted thousands of immigrants by basically selling visas without any control, without any proper uh, procedure, this can really undermine anything that they are saying regarding migrants during this campaign right now. But there are also other scandals happening right now in the country. Uh, nearly like two days ago, the head uh, officials of the Polish army resigned uh, because there's no official reason why they resigned, but it is said that because of what uh, law and justice is doing with the army right now and how they were trying to use them in their electoral campaign, which was uh, impacting negatively the whole army morale. So all the officials resigned, but of course you will not hear it in the official public broadcaster because this is the broadcaster that is only conveying the news that are accepted by the ruling government. Media freedom is another crucial issue in Poland. Although the media landscape seems diverse, it has experienced a concerning decline in media freedom since 2015. The state-funded public broadcaster TVP is accused of promoting the Law and Justice Party's agenda, often disseminating biased and factually incorrect information. This erosion of impartial journalism is contributing to gradual decline in media freedom each year. So what does the future hold for press freedom? Media market in Poland is fairly pluralistic. However, that being said, the public broadcaster is the broadcaster that is state finance. So, of course, it has an advantage uh, of having the possibility to reach the polls who, for example, don't have the access to the private television. And this is very problematic because since 2015, uh, the scope of the freedom of media and being unbiased by them is constantly, constantly being lowered. Uh, that, uh, what I mean by that is that the public broadcaster is basically a unofficial or rather even official supporter of the Law and Justice Party right now. 
and also transfer the messages that are simply untrue about the events in the country, highly biased and highly politicized. But unfortunately, this is also the case for the uh, press, uh, for the press in the country. So in the last years, many regional news uh, newsletters were bought out by the Orlen company, very closely tied to the current government, very highly politicized. And we saw the messages from the journalists, for example, that are uh, being censored, that they cannot write about uh, the true events in the country, that are supposed to write only about the things that are in favor of the current government. So I would say that since 2015, the scope of media freedom is uh, being, uh, being lowered and lowered each year. Now, exploring the plausible scenarios regarding the elections, the ruling parliamentary majority is unlikely to secure an outright win and may need to form a coalition. But which party would be their ally? Right now in the country, there are two most possible scenarios discussed. One of them being, of course, that the current parliamentary majority will secure uh, the uh, win in the elections once more. However, almost none of the polls are indicating that it will be, it will be possible for them to rule by their own. So probably uh, they will have to form some form of coalition. And the only possible partner for this is this far-right confederation party. However, if so, it will be a very interesting and quite exotic coalition because even if their message when it comes to issues of migrants or minorities is quite similar, uh, then the issues of the social security of the country and also the way as the country is distributing the goods to the Polish people, people is vastly different. So even if they form a coalition, the question is what, for example, will happen during the first budget meeting. This is the one scenario. The other one is, of course, that the uh, oppositional parties, uh, that is the civic coalition, the third way and new left will enter the parliament. They will have to all Uh, secure enough votes to enter the parliament and then they can form a coalition. If they do so and if the votes will be enough to surpass the coalition between uh, law and justice and confederation, then we will have the oppositional government uh, in the country. Uh, so I would say that these are the two most possible outcomes. Actually, each week the polls are very different. Sometimes they are leaning towards wing of the current government, sometimes rather than opposition. It is not sure, so it will be a very close race. Poland's political future appears fraught with instability. Regardless of the outcomes, stability seems elusive. So what can polls expect from the outcome of these elections on the 15th of October? The future looks like it's going to be fairly unstable. I mean, I think the only stable outcome from the election would be if law and justice was to secure a majority, um, an outright majority, or were close enough to an outright majority that it could persuade defectors from other parties, particularly Confederation, to come into office. That would produce a stable government. And in that case, law and justice would con- basically continue um, with its policies uh, that it's pursued up until now. Um, both domestically and internationally, and it would push ahead, I think, with the the systemic reforms. It would try and complete the judicial reforms, maybe look at areas like um, the media, um, uh, local government. Uh, These are the kind of areas where it might actually pursue further systemic reforms. Um, 
uh, and in foreign policy terms, it would hope that the EU political establishment would basically come to terms with the fact that it has to deal with a government that has secured a, a third um, democratic mandate um, and, and start to pursue more pragmatic relations that decoupled things like rule of law compliance with EU funding, which Law and Justice thinks is a real problem. Um, if the opposition was to win um, a majority, uh, then I think we're in for a very unstable period, um, partly because the opposition parties are very diverse. They represent groups that range from the radical left through to the socially conservative right, parties like the Peasant Party. I think if we had um, a, uh, a government that was, that was propped up by the Confederation, I think this would be a very unstable period because, as I say, they're not going to go into a a governing coalition, I think that they will, um, basically they will engage in guerrilla warfare. I mean, their, their game plan is to try and bring about an early election to weaken both the main parties, weaken whoever forms the government. So, you know, even though they might allow um, a government from one of the parties to form, they're going to be a very unstable um, um, governing partner. What polls are in for is, is a period of instability. Um, they've got a series of elections coming up. There's local elections and European Parliament elections next year. There's a presidential election um, in 2025, all of which are really important. So unless law and justice win, uh, which is an outright majority, which is the least likely scenario, we're in for um, a, a period of, of political turbulence, I think, and quite possibly an, an early election. You can find more information on the upcoming Polish elections on our explainer video published on Euractiv's YouTube channel. I am Evi Kiori and this was Euractiv's Beyond the Byline podcast. Visit Euractiv to stay on top of the latest news. Sign up to our podcast newsletter and if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on your favorite podcasting app. Thank you for tuning in and until next week.